Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live the corner of Broadway and Battery. You're listening to Damon Bruce and Ray Ratto on 95.7 The Game. All right, welcome in. Good Monday afternoon to you. It's John Dickinson sitting in for Damon Bruce, joined by Alan Stiles. We're sitting in for Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game and with you for the next four hours. So good to be with you. Hope everybody's had a wonderful holiday weekend. And if uh, you're dipping around trying to work out the uh, holiday hangover, join us here for the next four hours on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text on the Xfinity mobile text line a lot to get into but alan styles my man good to be with you again second consecutive day and yeah. we got a few of these what luck coming what luck, jd i know i mean you know we did we did all the warriors talk yesterday and for the warriors to come out and i mean at least for me make me feel a little bit better about them we'll get into all of that so excited to be with you on this i wouldn't say gloomy you know it's, it's a step away from gloomy but you know we'll take it it's the winter Got to, got to, got to deal with it. I'll deal with it. Yeah, we really shouldn't complain no, in the Bay no, Area. But we're, know, we're talking about the fifties yes. and you know, other places. <laughs> They're talking about negative digits, exactly, and, exactly, and snow and all, and all kinds of different uh, type of conditions. But yeah, Warriors get a big win against the Grizzlies. And a lot to get into surrounding that. And we'll, we'll start off talking about them. Of course, the 49ers beat the Commanders over the weekend. Michael Irvin is going to join us mm-hmm. coming up at 5 o'clock, as he does each and every week here on this show with Damon and Ratto. So uh, keep it locked here for that at 5. But yeah, let's, let's start with some Warriors basketball. And uh, just the Warriors able to... Hello. You heard that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll push through it. Uh, Warriors able to uh, get the win over the Grizzlies, 123 to, to 109 mm-hmm. last night at Chase Center. And look, I, it was a great win for the Warriors. I know we were on before the game yesterday, and there were, uh, it was a little gloomy, mm-hmm. the outlook, because we had just got the news that Andrew Wiggins wasn't going to play. Draymond was questionable. He ultimately did play. But I do think it's interesting that you know the warriors clearly wanted that one last night yes and and they played like they wanted that one last night they played like they had heard a lot of the chatter as far as the grizzlies running their mouth oh which, yeah which they've done leading oh, up to the yeah. playoff series and since they got beat by the warriors and the warriors went on to win the championship and all of that but a, a lot of takeaway the, the first thing i think to just kind of get into is 
the tone setters for the Warriors. Draymond ended up playing, mm-hmm. and he and Clay Thompson set a tone based on their demeanor last night. And we yes. can get into the numbers and all of that, and Draymond having a game where he, he hardly scores but impacts it defensively in a lot of other ways. Clay didn't shoot the ball well, but did everything else pretty well. And, but, but to me, the whole tone, though, for the game was Draymond and Clay came out without Steph and without Wiggins, and they set a tone that permeated throughout the rest of the roster right. that I think held the rest of the roster up to a standard exactly. of, hey, tonight's like a playoff game. So we're not going to get punked. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get beat by 20 in our own building on the, in front of the national audience on, on Christmas. We're bringing a high-level effort today, and if the Grizzlies don't match it, we're going to win the damn game, and that's exactly what happened. Right. At the very least, like you said, we're, we're not going to go out like some punks. We're not going to get embarrassed on national TV for the Christmas game. A, a couple, maybe a couple months ago now, that did happen against the Suns. They got dismantled on national TV, and I, I, I don't know. I'm assuming they've had one since then between then and the Celtics, but if they didn't, I mean, after that happened... There is something to be said about, all right, we do understand that there are certain games where we got to turn it on. So it's an interesting feeling, J.D., because on one hand, you could sit there and say, all right, we know that the Warriors can turn it on. We know that they still have that switch that they can flip like we talked about at nauseum last season, and they ultimately did that. My question is, how many times can they do that and how close can they get? You know, the old school, the old school switches when you can, you know, dim the light and and make it as, as, as bright as it goes. How bright can they get? throughout the season before the playoffs. We know they can do it during the playoffs, but you're going to have to get pretty close to that switch for majority of this season moving forward if you want to be in a decent position for the playoffs. How many times can they dip into that well this season? That's what I'm not sure about, but it was nice to see that when they feel like turning it on, they can turn it on. No, and, and now we'll see because the one thing we both agreed in, in talking about this homestand this can't be a negative homestand. Mm-hmm. If anything, it has to be a positive homestand to make up some of the ground. They began three games under 500. Now at two, you got to win at least five of the eight to make sure you gain ground to be at least one under. If you can win six, obviously you'd be one over at that mm-hmm. point. If you know somehow you get seven, you move even farther over, and then you get Steph Curry back at some point mm-hmm. shortly thereafter. And then I think that the conversation changes about the Warriors and, and what the ceiling is. So credit off the top for me goes to to Draymond and to Clay Thompson because and 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 they were enjoying Memphis they're beating Memphis they were they were enjoying so. it and Very the fans so. were enjoying it and again I think that the message was delivered to the others on the team and this is what gets into the next thing that I I wanted to get into which is obviously the young players mm-hmm. all being able to to contribute whether it was James Wiseman, who you know, I think last night's performance from Wiseman, plus eight, no shot attempts, five boards in eight minutes with good defense, even though I don't believe he had a block shot in the game. That, to me, was a much more impactful game last night mm-hmm. than the game where he scored 30 in Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I agreed. And when he did what he did in Brooklyn, I, I felt like maybe... I undersold it a bit. I also just felt as if I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to do with it, right? It's a complete blowout. The game doesn't matter. Everybody's playing loose. I'm not saying he was facing G League competition because he wasn't, but it just it didn't really move the needle for me. There were a couple defensive possessions, JD, last night where you saw 
the promise of James Wiseman. You he saw altered him. altered shots. He altered shots. He was shadowing guys. He really did change things. And you know how it is with John Morant. He gets to that pain at will, and the refs are ready to blow a whistle as soon as he steps in the lane. James Wiseman, there were a couple times last night where he made sure that didn't happen. So I think great on James Wiseman. They had one, two, three, four, five, six players in double figures, including Anthony Lamb, Moses Moody, and Ty Jerome. How about the third quarter from Ty Jerome? Who had that on their bingo card? Ten points from Ty Jerome in the third quarter. I know I did it. Yeah, so, no, it, it, he had eight points at a point at a moment where it looked like, all right, the Warriors lead is trimmed to three. Yeah. And you're thinking, hey, great effort, but now the more talented team on this night with mm-hmm. the Warriors playing without Stephen Wiggins has the potential yeah. to take the game over. And like that was always out. on then the board. Goes out. Yeah, that was always on the board. So uh, the young players all contributing from from Wiseman to Kaminga to Moody. All three of them, they were out there together at times. And and I thought one of the real bright spots, you know, Jordan Poole did his best Steph in mm-hmm. the first quarter. We shouldn't miss that. And, yes. and that's the thing. You can go up and down the line mm-hmm. and there's every so I give the credit, you know, first and foremost to the championship guys for setting the tone. I think Poole being Steph at seventeen in the first quarter and right. thirty two at the point where he's ejected, that's the kind of game that I think the Warriors believe they can get from Jordan Poole semi-regularly yeah. as, a, as a player that averages 28 when when Steph's not in the lineup and exactly. he's the lead dog essentially running the Steph portion of, of the Warriors offense to the best of, of his capabilities. So you have the three young players playing together and it's not a net negative mm-hmm. in the at the end of the first quarter there and, and into the second quarter. And, and so that was a, a bright spot and a good sign. And again, they, they did things. They did the little things. They played tough last night. Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman, they played tough. It wasn't about points. It wasn't about shooting. It was about everything else. It was a rugged type of a game for, for those three, so I give them credit. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, I think, deserves credit. Going for 19 points last night mm-hmm. and knocking down five threes, but again, who's going to guard John Morant in this context of how the, the Warriors do things? And you need everybody to help guard John Morant, but to put DiVincenzo on him right away... What, his best skill t- is yes. ball pressure and, right. and and somebody that's quick enough to to hang and at least not get embarrassed by a guy like Morant repeatedly exactly. he's completely taken over the game. So DiVincenzo, the two-way guys, as you mentioned, Ty Jerome's little third-quarter spurt, eight points. Anthony Lamb hit three three-pointers in the first half. Huge mm-hmm. and you know much needed, and the Warriors end up with one of their really great team wins of the season – and they were enjoying it, whether it was Draymond standing over Jaw or Clay standing over Dylan Brooks mm-hmm. and all of that. It, it was just kind of a feel-good night. The fans were eating it up. Yeah. And it, it shows you that the Warriors can still dial it up at home, even shorthanded. The question, though, becomes... The question becomes... Can you dial that up consistently over this homestand without Steph and now potentially without Wiggins? Because if we're looking back two weeks from now and we're talking about a four and four or three and five, but you beat Memphis, it's not going to mean all that much. Good signs, though. One game in. Because a couple weeks ago, we thought, all right, this is what's going to get them going when they played the Celtics. And they did this at home and everybody was having a good time. And, you know, you get that home cooking and everyone's enjoying themselves. And then they went on the road and we knew it was going to be a tough road trip and Steph ends up going down. And they just they couldn't do anything on the road. Now, again, I don't want to get hoodwinked or bamboozled with the Warriors doing this again. The Warriors do seem to play very well on Christmas, by the way, J.D. Historically, these last couple of years, 
they do play well on Christmas as well. Yeah, they won last year. They won Phoenix last year. When know? Phoenix was was right there with them at the at the top of the standings, that was really a pivot point. Yeah, uh, it, it was an early pivot point toward the Warriors taking a little bit of a lead on mm-hmm. on Phoenix. Now Phoenix ended up catching up, and and with all the Warriors injuries, the right. Suns ended up with the best record. It, it obviously didn't matter. We know how that turned out. But yeah, right. they. Uh, going back two years ago, Milwaukee wasn't great mm-hmm. in the beginning of that COVID year with right. nobody in the stands. <laughs> like they played a morning game out here on the West Coast, kind of a forgettable outcome in that one. But yeah, they beat the Rockets on Christmas, and then obviously they've had uh, the Lakers and the LeBrons. You, exactly, in well, and which that. people call the the best Christmas games of all time. It's funny how anything that P- NBA, the NBA world, calls the best of all time normally includes the Warriors losing. You want to talk about rent-free? And don't worry, we got something for the Grizzlies media a little later today talking about, oh, the, the Warriors are weird for this and that. I, ha- I have a lot of things to say about that. But going back to the Warriors and what they did last night, I think that's what gives me cause to pause, J.D., because we've seen them dial it up, and it does not, okay, is this going to carry over, you know, with, with, with uh, your, your, your cell phone minutes? Is there any rollover? There hasn't seemed to be any rollover with the Warriors in these one-off victories where they play extremely well and then they just don't match that intensity the next couple games so that's what I'm excited to see to 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 see if the Warriors can continue to d- dig deep and go into this well and bring out more W's because they need them. This is not about what we want to see from them or or I'd like to see this. Like we're, we're going to talk about the Niners later. I want to see Brock Purdy in adversity, but you know, you might not. You might not need to. The Warriors, you wow. need these Ws. You may want to see Brock Purdy in adversity, but I'll tell you what, you don't want to see Brock Purdy in adversity in your first playoff game in the second quarter. No, definitely not. Because that not. might be your season being over. Exactly, exactly. So, so whether you, if you want to see it, maybe If you were going to see it, you were going to maybe want to already see it a little right. bit. Maybe, hopefully, hopefully maybe the Raiders can at but least I, I give them a little something. But, give them a little something. So I, I just... I'm. I want to see what the Warriors do during this homestand because this isn't a matter of, all right, let's see how they react. They legitimately need these W's. They're they're at that point now where I think everybody can start to stop talking about how early it is in the season. You can't get, you know, you, you can't get into too deep of a hole, specifically without Steph and without Andrew Wiggins. You don't know when Steph is coming back. We're not even really sure when Andrew Wiggins is coming back. And you can't come back. We talk about going into the well and flipping that switch. Last year, they only had to flip the switch for what? Six, the, that, the, just the duration of the playoffs, really. They, they timed it a bit perfectly. It wasn't on purpose. It was due to injury. Well, they, they, had the, they had a pretty good switch going at the beginning of the season. At the beginning, I'm saying they sputtered a bit. Towards the, towards the end, Draymond was out, and then Steph, Steph was, was out, out yeah. and then everything came together. Okay, let's just mount up and get through the playoffs. But if you've had to mount up since March, right, or, or February, that's not the same thing, and I don't know if they're going to be able to to play at that level from February through the playoffs. And everybody can say what they want about the numbers and and the core. We understand that there is just a level of you got to play at that playoff level for a longer period of time, the deeper hole that you find yourself in early in the season. Well, and you said it. It's just a massive, massive win in terms of the standings because Mm -hmm. these games right now I think are going to go a long way toward determining how the Warrior season ends up. And and whether that's you know you can play well and you can say the young players played well and and I think it really was the first time I think as far as the young players go I was thinking about this last night during the game mm-hmm. I think 
the Warriors envisioned this season as far as the young players a lot like last night. Like right. I think they thought from the beginning Wiseman would be able to at least play a productive shift mm-hmm. every game, right? Or or right. in most games. Like there're going to be games restricted but not play so poorly so regularly that he has to get pulled from the rotation and then sent down. Like yes. I don't think I think they thought they could get more games like last night from Wiseman that help them win. Yes, maybe there's still some ups and downs, but there are some positives. There's mm-hmm. just been so few positives when Wiseman's been on the floor. This is two good games in a row. I think last night more impactful, more important. But I think when you look at the the lottery picks, because I think that's really what we're talking about here. Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody. I think the Warriors thought they could get 17 minutes out of Moses Moody that were solid like they were last night. And they could get 16, 17 minutes out of Kaminga. Like, I think that was on the develop and the two timelines. Mm -hmm. That's what the development ideally would look like. And again, it's not going to be like that every night, but it hasn't been like last night any night. And, and, And I think that's where, you know, I think there is... There is a little bit of cause for some optimism mm-hmm. moving forward with that, but at the same time, it's the first time it's happened. So if it's you know thirty three games into the year now, thirty four games into the year, you start to wonder, well, how often can it can it really happen if it's happened once in thirty four games? Right. But I do think that's where we talked yesterday about the miscalculation mm-hmm. that the Warriors had as far as believing that the the young players could be in the rotation and develop and learn and help them win. Right. I think last night was sort of the template of that. We finally saw it in maybe the biggest bright lights game they've had to this point, if, if not this game, the game in Bo- against Boston. Yeah, and if you want to try to pull positives out of the negatives, maybe the fact that they have been getting a lot more run recently <laughs> because of injury some, because of not being in games uh, as well, but maybe this is they're starting to get more comfortable. The Moses Moody thing, I've been comp- I've been confused about the whole season. Whenever I've seen him play, he looks to me like he, he can be in the rotation and, and, and put up some decent numbers. That corner three, he's really he really strikes me as that three and D guy who when when all else fails and you're moving the ball around, you can't guard everybody. So you end up having to leave Moses Moody in the corner and he's really good at hitting those threes. So I I I'm the least surprised from Moses Moody. He had that really nice up and under layup. I've I, I, I've seen flashes from him, and maybe whatever has been happening in in practice, Steve Kerr hasn't loved. Maybe that's why he hasn't been on the court so much. But really excited about Moses Moody. I think we all have been, and I know you know I, I don't know what he's going to be. I know the question has been about his ceiling, but I think even based on his ceiling not being the highest, he still has always seemed like the guy that has been the most ready to go right now, which was always what was so confusing about him not getting that much playing time this season. James Wiseman, you know, I think as this goes, as we move forward, our expectations are going to gradually change, not in a not in a terrible way, but we're going to stop expecting him to just one day be, you know, the next great big in the league and just understand that this is a gradual process. I like what I'm seeing from Kaminga on the defensive end. I got to say, J.D., and again, not trying to be negative, Kaminga offensively worries me because... He doesn't really have an identity. I call him Baby Giannis in that he's got that type of 
He's got that type of game, but he isn't as big as Giannis. He, his, Giannis doesn't even have a bag, as, they, as the kids say. And Kaminga doesn't even have the Giannis bag. He's turning the ball over a lot when he, well, he dribbles. He doesn't have a good handle. He doesn't yeah. have a good handle. He doesn't have a good handle. He doesn't have a good shot. Yeah. But I think you know, where he's at his best, typically, is when plays are made for him mm-hmm. and he can catch it and go up by the basket yeah. and for a dunk or in transition for a dunk or and we saw a little of this last night when he gets it on the elbow or in the short post where he can kind of face and maybe fake and just put his head down and drive and get fouled yes and get to the free throw line that way or or score inside that way mm-hmm. but i think part of the problem with with Kaminga offensively is i i Kaminga believes he's got a lot more in the bag than he really has. I, and I think at that. times he plays like it. Like yeah. he, he. I've joked about this, and I'll, I, I'll bring it out here at, at two twenty on a, on a Monday. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's got a little, <sighs> yeah. Like, like he really does. Like yeah. he thinks he is a guy that can just, you know, go go at somebody on the mm-hmm. perimeter and take him to the basket. Or he he always wants to shoot that three anytime yeah. he's open. There are some shots I think the Warriors have told him take. I think there's some threes they've told him not to take. You can tell almost every time he gets the ball wide open on the perimeter, he wants to shoot it. And and it, it's like he's thinking, wait, is this the one they want me to shoot or is this not the one right, they want me to shoot? Right. Where's the shot clock? Yeah. Did, was it off the second pass? Like he, It's like he's trying to go through all the calculations. And yeah, and there's a lot to process. And look, there's a bit of pride as well, J.D. We, we know Kaminga, he seems like a, a prideful guy and just a confident guy. I wouldn't use the word cocky, but just confident in that he believes he can he can do whatever he needs to do. He believes that he can get to the basket. And I think he was one of those guys in the G League putting up just astronomical numbers. Well, this ain't the G League, my guy. You know, so he's got to realize that. And there is a pride piece of this. Look, J.D., I tell you, uh, you know, I know Steiny was just on. I never got to hoop with Steiny, but I, I still hoop now. I know Goo said I need to hoop with him. That hasn't happened yet, so Goo hit me so we can hoop together. They're, look, I'm a slasher. I don't really shoot like that. And when there are people that are just not really guarding you, there's a bit of pride where you say, you know what? This might not be the best the best shot, but dang it, I, I'll be I, I'm not going to let you just disrespect me and be five feet away from me. I'm putting it up, and you put it up, and if it goes in, you're talking trash, and if it doesn't go in, you then think to yourself, yeah, that's what they wanted me to do, and I fell right into it. And I think Kaminga at times is falling into it because you know he's thinking, I, look, I practice this shot just like Patrick Ewing asked his team, do you practice that shot? We watched Kaminga practicing his threes. We watch him doing a lot of these different things and he can't hit it so when somebody is guarding you you know three feet away not even not, you know just daring you to shoot there especially when you're young right you're thinking i'm not gonna let you disrespect me i can make this shot and then steve kerr gets upset with them i would assume when he doesn't make it all right he's alan styles i'm john dickinson 888-957-9570 888-957-9570 how you feeling about this warriors homestand now is what they put out there last night something that can be sustained over the next seven games? Because the Warriors have Charlotte coming in, Utah and Portland, Atlanta's coming in, Detroit and Orlando are coming in, as well as Phoenix here over the next two weeks uh, before the Warriors head back out on the road. And all of these games are going to be without Stephen Curry as he continues to rehab and attempt to return from this shoulder injury. Uh, Optimism surrounding the young players and uh, just kind of how you feeling about things? Is it a one-off? Did they dial it up because last night was a bright lights game? Mm-hmm. You know, there, you could make the case that their two best games of the season have been games where coming into it, 
it feels like, oh, the finals are here for a night. Oh, the, the right. Western Conference semifinals are here for, for tonight mm-hmm. with, with Memphis, and they've gotten a, a higher level of performance from everybody in that. You know, can you can you call that up against the Charlottes and the Detroits and the Orlandos? Because those games are just as important as the game that they were able to win last night. And and really, again, you don't want to get five, six, eight, nine games under five hundred when Steph Curry comes back. At that point, it's a lot more difficult to to you know play well throughout half a season just to get back to 500 and, and try and make some noise. So, uh, you know, is, is it more of a one-off in your mind, I think, tonight is the question, or last night, or is it something that, that can lead to something down the line? I think the, the biggest positive takeaway moving forward is, hey, young guys had a little bit of action last night collectively, mm-hmm. which is something that we hadn't, hadn't seen to this point. Exactly, and, and I think ultimately... We all know that the Warriors can get to it. We, we've seen it multiple times. It almost reminds me of a high school team, J.D. You know those high school teams? Oh, we played down to our competition. But the coach knows you guys are better than this. But you got you to, gotta, and I'm not going to use any local high school names. Sure. I don't want to upset anybody. But you, you, you got to play the same way you play for this team that, than you do for the others. And that's what it seems to be with the Warriors. They play up at home. And play and play up at home. It's exactly they play what, up at home. It's exactly it's what not, a high they school don't play team up does. And on the road, but yeah. they do play up at home. I think that also is maybe a statement about the the youth and the yeah. inexperience. For as much as they do have the championship core, mm-hmm. the rest of the guys, they don't have it. Exactly. Exactly. Real quick on the Xfinity sure. Mobile text line. You My, getting to the one about you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 510, Alan Styles needs to eat crow. He gave the Warriors no shot to win last night. We got to run the tape, Cam. We got to run the tape. I never said I gave the Warriors no shot. Did I say I would bet on them? Of course, I did not say I'd bet on them. But what I said was, at the end of the day, the Warriors have two Hall of Famers that are starting in Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. So they're always going to have a shot. Was I confident? Absolutely not. So I don't know, 5-1-0. I don't know if I got to eat any crow, all right? All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I, I think you you gave them less of a shot than I did, but That's I'm not. True. But I'm not claiming I gave them really. Right. A, I, I wasn't saying, hey, they're going to win tonight. Exactly. But there were things we didn't know. Just the, the other home record. Like I went into last night thinking, yeah, the home thing is is something, but that's been all with Steph. Mm-hmm. So with Steph out, does that change? And and last night it didn't. So that you know, makes me all right. I'm going to be more apt to think, all right, maybe they do have some action here moving forward in, in some of these other games. All right, we'll pause here. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Xfinity Mobile text line is open. We'll get to phone calls on the other side as this segment has been sponsored by the Department of Healthcare Services and CalHope.org. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Alan Stiles in for Damon and Ratto expanded show here today from two until six. The holiday going on here. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's get to the phones. What do you say, Alan? Mm-hmm. Is it Harsha? Let's get to Harsha in Fremont here on ninety five seven. The game. Hey guys, what's up? Um, first of all, I just wanted to say that you know I saw a stat that said. Um, the Warriors starting five when it comes to offensive rating is the best in the league, right? So we know from a starting five perspective, we're, we're not, we're not, you know, the world isn't ending. But I think this year we got a lot of shakiness in that with Clay not playing back to back. We got Andrew Wiggins felt like he hasn't played in two months and now we have the Steph situation. So going into last night, felt a little nervous, but you know, I just gotta say, I hate the Grizzlies. They do so much talking and I think Clay set the tone early, even though it's two for ten in the first half. I think he got a couple really tough boards, so it felt good, and that win felt really good. And man, I hate Dylan Brooks, and that's all I have to say. Thank no, you guys. I appreciate it. I mean that that is something that that hangs over the entire win was how much yes. the Warriors enjoyed it and how much the Warrior fans enjoyed it. You could feel that from from being in the building. There's yes. no doubt, and watching on TV or listening to it or whatever you're preferred right uh, you know way to take in the game was yeah and i think what was exciting about the win and exciting about the game is that this is what basketball is all about this is what the nba is all about and win or lose i know it feels a lot better when you win but it's nice to have these feelings jd and the western conference they do provide something that i mean i don't know if the east even really has any rivalries, not like this. I mean, this is the number one rivalry in the NBA. 
you had John ja Morant and Draymond talking about it from months ago, I believe, in the summer. The the, the NBA comes through. They make it happen. There's, there's no Steph. And, it, you know, luckily for Warriors fans, Jordan Poole and the rest of the squad was up to the task. And Dylan Brooks... Uh, my, a shout out, Brian Iglesia uh, made up the nickname Villain Brooks because that's that's what he is to Warriors fans. Dylan Brooks, he is the one that was talking before the game, and what did he say? He said, "Yeah, it stinks that Steph is out, but I like the matchup with Clay. He was doing a lot of talking. I'm going to show him the type of defender I I am." He says all that at the beginning of the game before the Warriors started to pull away. He was chirping at the bench. There were a lot of chirp. There was a lot of chirping going back and forth either way. I'm good with all that. I love it. I love all of that. But then you go in the post-conference, right? The post-press conference, post-game press conference, and you're in that and you're in that thing, and you're talking about the refs allowed them to do it all night. Come on, dude. Like we're all supposed to be on the same page. Either if it's up, then it's up. That's what somebody said on Twitter. Is it up or not? Because sometimes you want to be about that life, but then after you're talking about the refs, do you want the smoke or do you not? And it seems like the Grizzlies—they are the little brother that when you hit them, they run and they go tell mommy, even though they started it with you. And it's crazy to me, JD, that this whole thing started. If you remember, I have to remind myself this whole thing goes back to Andre Iguodala not wanting to play for the Grizzlies. I have to remind myself about the origin of this of this rivalry every single time it comes up. And the last thing I'll say is this. So we've, we've addressed Dylan Brooks. We've addressed the fact that if you're going to talk smack, and I will say at least John Morant, he talks smack, but he's the same no matter what. Dylan Brooks, if you want to have a, one type of energy during the game, before the game, have the same after it. You know, I, I really did like what Devin Booker, when he got into it with Clay. Devin Booker handed, handled that whole situation perfect. We don't know what Clay said, but Devin Booker just said, look, this is what it is. The last thing I'll say is this. So I'm really getting sick of the Memphis media trying to trying to create this narrative that the warriors are have this weird obsession with the grizzlies and that the grizzlies live rent free last time i checked when somebody Who, who's doing this by so, the way so is this are these team employee the, media the, this is this is it's not i mean that's there is a difference one is, well one is uh her name is i think kj Wright. okay she's a team employee so they're going around so she posted last night this is very weird Right. And it was Clay's video just talking about the trash talk and how, you know, they brought up the dynasty and, and all this type and all these types of things. So but this has been going on since last year where it's the whole rent free thing. Let me ask you this to anybody listening. If you're listening from Memphis, because, you know, they listen, J.D. Let me ask you this. What would the Warriors need to be jealous of the Grizzlies about what? What do the Grizzlies have that the Warriors want? Why would the Grizzlies live rent-free in the Warriors' head? Why would the Grizzlies be be such a big deal to the Warriors when you're the one that has the Draymond quote in your locker room? Well, look, I think part of it is just, I, I think for the Warriors, and, and, and I, I think it's, the Grizzlies are the ones that are fixated on the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll say that first of all, and I, we'll get to the Clay quote. We'll get to Dylan Brooks quote as well. I, I mean, look, if if a team employed reporter is is talking about like like who cares? Like, let's be honest. Like, and, and I've I've met KJ Wright when mm-hmm. I covered that that series mm-hmm. in in the uh, playoffs last year. Very nice. 
Very normal. I get. She I, knows the game. I think she was a hooper in, in her sure, in her time sure. as well. But maybe like, they just want clicks. Maybe I'm falling for it. Maybe well, they just want clicks. They're, they're also. I mean, look. Part of their job is to create energy surrounding their team. Yeah. I mean, they the Grizzlies hadn't played a game on Christmas in their franchise no, history. I, I know. Like that was a big game for them. Like they I haven't. Know. You know, they've been to a conference finals, but it's been a while. It was I, I, 2012 or 13, whatever they. Played Oklahoma City, I guess, when Oklahoma City won. Uh, but anyway, regardless of all of that, I mean, it is the Grizzlies who are fixated on the Warriors. Thank but you. the Warriors have accepted it. The Warriors right. have. But I, I think the Warriors have accepted it because they do feel challenged by the Grizzlies. No, I, I agree. But I'm saying why. And they are looking for challenges. I because the it. Warriors, I think, half the time are bored. No, I know. I in agree. the regular season, especially. I agree. But why can't we just leave it at this is fun? Why did And I get it. Maybe I'm just getting too caught it up. It is fun. Well, why does yeah, it, I agree. But, but even, even when the Warriors lost to the... To, to the Grizzlies in the play in a couple years ago. There's nobody, and then the Grizzlies were chirping. There's nobody out there, oh my gosh, the Grizzlies are are obsessed with the Warriors. It's just it's just a lazy take to me, and it just reminds me, it's very much, and I'm not going to do it based on age or whatever, but it's, it's just very much just like, I don't have a better comeback, so you guys are just obsessed with me. I don't have a better comeback, so, you, you, you know, you... you Whatever you don't you don't have anything to say. It reminds me, JD, because you know I talked to my guy Sterling in the back producing along with Cam when we talk about the Avengers when the Scarlet Witch rolls up to Thanos and she's like, "You took everything from me." And Thanos goes, "I don't even know who you are." It's the same thing to me. Well, the Warriors know who I they know, are. I the know. The Warriors I know, know who they are. And Clay addressed that. I mean, Clay specifically addressed it on on uh, in on. ABC after the game and the post game interview. I mean, Clay said flat out, "You can't talk about a dynasty when you haven't won before." I thought that was premature talk. Yeah, and, and he said, and I mean, we have that cut. We can we can play the, the full clip of it here momentarily, but it's pretty simple. I mean, it's it's the fact that I mean, he acknowledged why, but he also said in the clip that he he respected him. Right. He may not like him, but he respected him. And I right. do think there's a mutual respect. Even if it's if it's heated on but, the floor, and, and again, and the JD, Grizzlies are looking at the Warriors as the kings of the mountain, defending champs, multiple time champs, yeah. and I think the Grizzlies see themselves prematurely, yes, but I think the Grizzlies see themselves as the young up and comers mm-hmm. that that have a shot to be. Ten years from now, a team that's won multiple championships like I, I, that, that to me is where it comes no, from. No, I know. I don't I, think it comes from a disrespect of what the Warriors have accomplished. I think they no, feel I like don't they think so are either. the next, right? The next ones. They, and they, and they, look, we've seen a lot of the next ones get turned away by the Warriors and never do it. Exactly. So we'll see. Exactly. And when you write mouth, you write checks with your mouth that your play can't cash, then you got problems. I agree. And so I we'll agree. see. You know, all, all I'm saying is just. I understand competition. You talk about okay, you played you, if you if played uh, if you played collegiately, if you played in high school, there are rivalries. There, and that's just where it ends. There's no oh, there's a, you, we're living rent-free. How about this? They live rent-free in each I would even say they live rent-free in each other's heads because it's a rivalry and that's good, right? That that's it. That's where it ends. Not 949 on the Xfinity Mobile text line. JD is the Dylan Brooks at 957. Controversial <laughs> and loves being the villain. A little Dylan Brooks to me. You think so? There's a little Dylan Brooks to me. All right. Those who know me would tell me there's a little little Dylan Brooks in me. There was a little <laughs> Dylan Brooks in my game, to be honest, back in the day. Uh, but yeah, no, I wouldn't say controversial, but mm-hmm. but I do like to mix it up and have. Yeah. I have a lot more of an edge than than sometimes people think. There you go. Uh, but l- let's go ahead and play that that Clay Thompson 
cut from the post-game interview on ABC and ESPN. What message did you want to send tonight? Man, they were talking about dynasty and all that. You can't talk dynasty when you haven't won before. I don't think people realize how hard that is, the commitment and sacrifice it takes. I mean, you got to sacrifice your body. And I thought that was premature talk, you know, to talk, to even mention that word. But they bring the best out of us, and I think we do the same. And uh, if you know, you don't like them, you got to respect them because uh, they're a threat. So there you go. The last part to me is the most important part. Right. Don't got to like them. We respect them. They're a threat. So clearly, yeah. I mean, the Warriors, and I think this goes back to the playoff series, they knew that they were in trouble in that series. No, and we're going to have to find a level to yeah. beat them, and they did. And, you know, Ja was out. Whatever. I mean, that happened. I mean, they were they were threatened even with Jaw out in that series. Yeah, well, they had a ridiculous record with Jaw out during the regular season. But I'm good with all that. And I understand that these teams, there's showmanship involved. We love all of it. That's why I, but why, Dylan Brooks, why are you in the post-game press conference? Why are you saying the refs let it happen? You're supposed to embrace this. You're supposed to be the dog. You're supposed to be the Draymond Green of the Grizzlies. So don't run to the refs after the game talking about everybody was talking trash. Everybody was talking trash. 650 Dylan Brooks is a downgraded version of Matt Barnes. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is a ton better player than Matt Barnes. A ton? Yes. He's a he is twice the player that Matt Barnes was, for sure. They both have that same Yeah, Dylan Brooks is a better player than Matt Barnes. No, I I, like, I would agree. Like, like I just already. didn't know. He, yeah, he's. A, I mean, we don't have to get down that road. Right. But I think Dylan, like they both have the the tough guy mm-hmm. thing going. Right. Right. And that's fine. But like Dylan Brooks is a better player than from, Matt from, Barnes from a skill perspective. Just, you got to you got to yeah. watch it out here. You know, Matt Barnes, he's a legend out here. Oh, I go way back with Matt Barnes. I go way back. Uh, Mike in San Francisco, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. What's up, Mike? up guys being at the game uh very impressive uh performance there i've never seen that side of clay it only comes out when he plays specifically memphis and and dylan brooks man and he brought that place with uh, a roar when when he hit that dagger and 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 brooks was on the floor and he was right next to him just looking out and he got teed up that place went nuts so we know the warriors have this in them jordan Poole has shown he can take over games uh clay i know he's been inconsistent but we can show that the bench that was key if they can get that with the soul under man right now without Wiggins and Curry, if you can get guys like Tiger Rome and, and Lamb to give you somewhat near that type of performance, I think they're going to hold our head above water, especially at Chase. But what is the thing that's lacking um, in terms of have you seen a team that's this good, that's a championship-performing team that can, that's so lacking on the road as they are at home? Because we at home, I think they're going to do well. I expect them probably to win six to seven games on the stand, hmm. and I think they're going to they're going to perform pretty well for the most part and, and be one of the best home records in the league. But row record is the thing that's mind-boggling. Um, do you think they can get this turned around? And what is the mentality that happens to this team when they go on the road being a team that's that great and it's not a team that's, you know, trying to win or a young team of rookies uh, on the come-up? What What's your opinion on that? Thanks for the time, fellas. Yeah, I appreciate the call. Thanks for the call. Uh, as far as the road, I think a lot of it is role players. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at the beginning of the year, the the core players coasted on the road right. and got themselves in some games 
where, oh, tie game, five minutes left against a bad team, and then you didn't win. And we're used to seeing the Warriors always win those games, Orlando, Detroit, Charlotte. There were a bunch of those games on that that first trip. Uh, Sacramento, before Sacramento made their their run, I think it was actually maybe even in the midst of the Kings' winning streak. But at that point, you know, they were the Kings were better than those other teams that I just mentioned. But mm-hmm. you, you, you got in a lot of these 50-50 games on the road, and you didn't win any of them, which was the first part of the problem. The other part is I just think role players don't play as well on the road and the Warriors have a lot of re- the 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 championship guys were coasting and the role players just don't play well enough and I think young players you know veteran role players sometimes don't young role players really don't and they're searching for you know, minutes from all of these guys and they just on a lot of nights aren't aren't getting it there were nights where the starters played great and the the bench guys would just completely give it up. Mm-hmm. There were nights where the starters would coast, and that might be a night where a couple of guys off the bench would play well. But yeah. then you're in a tie game late, and you you don't win it, and then it's it, and then it just it kind of kind of snowballed on them. And then when you're shorthanded on top of that, it mm-hmm. becomes even more difficult. And they played some hot teams on this on this road trip with. Philly and the Knicks and the Nets, too. Well, we knew this was going to be a tough road trip. We knew this was going to be a gauntlet of of teams with the Knicks, how they've been playing. There were there were no breaks. There were no breaks, and the Warriors had to, you know, try their best to power through. And, you know, the, the role players, to me, it's not even that th- that much is being asked of them, J.D. I mean, I think more is being asked of them than maybe, uh, maybe they expected or maybe the 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 coaching staff had hoped at the beginning. I think the bottom line is just, there's just not as much room for error on this team. You cannot be whatever that hundred percent version of the warriors, whatever that, that hundred percent of that of the warriors team is, they got to be close to about 80% to win games. And, and maybe in years past you could win because of the talent you had, you could win at 65%. You could win at 70%. Warriors playing 70% uh, out of the 100% of their best basketball, it's not going to win as many games as it has in the past. And I think that's a big part of it, well, too. Well, I, I relate it also back to the the young players when, when I look at it. Mm-hmm. Because to me, for the young players to perform at the level that they did last night, mm-hmm. the foundation has to be set by the veteran players either playing well or playing extremely hard. Right. And, and and everybody among the veteran group has to be in their specific role and place to help the young players have the best chance to be more consistent. And I think the Warriors have not had that consistently enough, which has also impacted the young players. It all it all comes back to what you're saying about margin for error. I think that's absolutely true, yeah. which leads down the path of do they need to go get somebody at some point? I still think they probably do, just to be safe, a, a bench player. But you know, last night is the kind of night that makes you wonder, right? Because... They're able to win that game, and, and it at least makes you wonder. I still think they do. I think it's nights like last night, I think, are the exception and not the rule. I would agree, and that is not, you know, that is not to upset anybody, right? That's just the truth. I mean, they shot 41% from three, okay? Again, can you really count on Ty Jerome giving you giving you 14, or 14, right? Can you count on Moody giving you 10? Can you count on Anthony Lamb giving you 11? Can you count on Ty Jerome giving you 10 in one quarter? Can you, no. well, can you count on Wiseman playing defense like you did last night? Can you count on Kaminga bringing energy every night? No. And and on the, on the Grizzlies side of things, Desmond Bain, only his second game back. He was way off. 
He was two for thirteen. They were at the end of the, the trip dribbles. too. I mean, you right. could make you over over seven. You want to? You you're not gonna like this one. Okay, I'm gonna throw it at you. But it's a thought I had, mm-hmm. and I it, not something necessarily worth bringing up, but it popped into my head as it's something I wrote down. Grizzlies, I think this game, to be honest, lost some juice for the Grizzlies when when Steph was going to be out. Mm. Like I, I don't I, it, know. It had a little bit of the tone of, and look, the Grizzlies should not. No team. I hate it when teams do this mm. when they you know on the road they kind of play down. Like the Grizzlies played down last night. You could say. I think I. I mean, because coming in, like I don't care what you think of the Warriors as champions and all of that. Like last night. Just the guys that were playing for the Warriors last night, the guys that were playing for the Grizzlies last night, the Grizzlies were the better team coming in. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies should win that game. Like, if the Grizzlies play well, the Warriors play, the Grizzlies should win that game last night. And I think they had a little bit, again, I'm not making excuses for the Grizzlies, but I do think they had a little bit of, eh, you know what, this game doesn't have the juice because Steph's not playing. Like, I think they thought they could come in and not play an A game or even a B game and still win the game. Right. But and and they found and like they they treated it as if they were going in and playing the Pistons. Sure. Or they were going in and playing San Antonio. And and you know, I don't know about that. Do that at your own peril. Well they played like it. I don't know about they played that. Like it. I mean you I, I wouldn't disagree that maybe they felt that they could roll the ball out without Steph and, and take care again, of business. Again, you don't get credit for that, but I think again it, it plays to their whole thing of Kind of thinking they're a little higher on the on the totem pole than they really are. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that they've kind of arrived in right. a sense. And look, you right. see teams do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just you you watch the league on a night in night out basis. Teams do that all the time. And and I again, I think they thought, yeah, we're better than these guys. No Steph, no Wiggins. I mean, how important was Wiggins in that playoff mm-hmm. series last year? What end of a trip? Maybe don't. Maybe they don't have it. Warriors are bringing some intensity that. That was at a different level, and they just weren't playing well. And they thought, "Yeah, we'll get back." I, it kind of felt like they thought that they were going to win the game anyway. The whole game, and they got to 86, 80 to seventy-seven late in the you third. St- I, I I don't know about you, but I well, well, all right. I'm starting to get a little nervous here. And at that point, the Warriors had played great, and the Grizzlies had played pretty terribly. And it right. was a three-point game. And right. then Ty Jerome went off, and the Warriors really never looked back at that point. Even though Poole got ejected and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Uh, go ahead. I want to get to the Dylan Brooks quote post-game no, I, well, as well. I, I mean, I, I do agree that maybe that it did lose juice. The reason I would... The reasons I, I agree with it for certain reasons. The reason I disagree with it is only because it was their first Christmas game. You know, th- this this is the biggest stage. Did they think that they needed to play their A game? No, but I do believe that they, they did want to show the Warriors, hey, this is an opportunity for us to put a stranglehold on the Warriors and show everybody that we're coming and they were unable to do that. So I, I hear what you're saying from a, from just the mental aspect, but I think once they got out there, they wanted to put on a show. And here's the thing. Even with that being said, J.D., there were times where the Warriors were shooting over 50% from three. The the Grizzlies couldn't hit anything, and they were the Grizzlies were down six. And to your point, are you banking on if the Grizzlies are thinking, well, if you don't, if Anthony Lamb doesn't go three for four from three-point land and Ty Jerome doesn't drop 14 out of nowhere, we, we win that game. Now, it doesn't matter because they did and you didn't, but, you know. It is what it is. Uh, the Warriors, I assume, are going to you know have to see him again out in Memphis, and it's going to be a time. Yeah, no, no question. Five one zero, no excuses for the Grizzlies. 
This on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Steph and Wiggins were out. The Warriors were a two-way player away from a G League team at, at, at some points last night. So, yeah, no, I'm not making an excuse for the Grizzlies. Sure. Like, to, at all. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that might have been part of the mentality for the Grizzlies once that game got rolling. It's not an excuse. In fact, it's it's actually a bigger joke. Right. <laughs> right. Once, once it got going. If you think that a game like that is beneath you or you can just, you know, we talk about a team coasting. If the yeah. Grizzlies came in last night thinking they could coast, then they got what was coming to them. That that's more what I'm. What and they, I'm getting and at. they had the whole, you know, they came in with the music and they're just yeah, they're, sure. they're, they're doing their dance moves. They actually play each other three more times, JD. Yeah. End of, end of January again at Chase Center, then two times in Memphis, uh, both in March. So this is this is far from over. No, it, it and it, it's a lot of fun, and and you know we'll see. I know Steve Kerr says he doesn't believe it's a true rivalry in, until you get multiple playoff series mm. in between a team. I think this is probably as close as it can get. I mean, there's also, and I think this goes back to what you were talking about with, uh, I think Kelsey Wright Johnson's her name. She goes by KJ Wright on Twitter, team reporter for the the Grizzlies and and this whole thing. There is a small market, big market component to this. That's true. Yeah, the Grizzlies, that's that's a small market team. It's a franchise that hasn't had a lot of success on the high end. It's you know it's one of the newer franchises still, right? The Grizzlies came in in, in two thousand. I'm sorry, they came in in ninety five, but moved to Memphis in two thousand. So they've been around. I think two thousand one. So they've been around like twenty two years, mm-hmm. somewhere in, in that range. So they're a relatively new franchise, small market, big market championship. I, I likened it to growing up in Sacramento, the Kings and the Lakers, when the Kings were the young up-and-coming team mm-hmm. with Weber and eventually you know, it was Jason Williams and then it was Bibby and Stojakovic yeah. and, and that group, Vlade. And they were the they were the squad that you know, looked at the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq and and the team that had won a couple of championships in the big market. You know, LA wins all the championships and, and they were you know, they were the ones always trying to, you know, pick at the Lakers. And the right. Lakers would always come back kinda like Clay came back at him. Remember Shaq called him the the Queens at one point. He said they were a a, a play away from being, you know, expansionism. Yeah. You yeah. know, going back to expansionism right. when Weber got hurt or if Weber left at that point when he was gonna be a free agent. Like there were there were all kinds of you know derogatory back and forth. Rick Fox and Doug Christie got into a fight in a preseason game. Yeah. They got into a fight in a preseason game down at, at then Staples Center it, you know, after they had met in the conference finals. So it, there's a little bit of the small market, big market component to, you know, oh, this is weird. Look at the, the weird. Yeah, you know, why they, are you worried about little so, old us? I, but I think it's fun. I think it's it's fun, though. That And look, that place was absolutely electric. I was mm-hmm. at all three games of that in Memphis in the mm-hmm. playoffs. It was a tremendous atmosphere. The people there were great. They were having a good time. It was all in good fun, mm-hmm. frankly. Right. But, you know, I, I think the the Warriors definitely have the Grizzlies on their radar. There's I agree. no doubt. But the Grizzlies do have a, a fixation, is is how how we'll put it. 888-957-9570. We got one hour down. We got three hours to go. Michael Irvin is going to join us. Coming up here on 95.7 The Game, that is at 5 o'clock. We'll talk some football as well between now and 6 as uh, we are presented by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.